Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Evolving Leaders, the show that takes your dreams and passions from unmanageable to achievable. Every week, our panel of experts brings together visionary influencers from around the globe to help you become extraordinary in your business and personal life and expand global change. Put on your seatbelts and get ready to set the world on fire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Evolving Leaders. This is Tina Dietz, and it's great to have you here. Every week, we're bringing you in-depth, real and authentic conversation about what it takes to be an effective leader, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And today, we have the amazing Lisa Menini and Marilyn Suttle with us, two powerhouse women that have been featured around the world in U.S. News and World Report, Ladies Home Journal, and the Huffington Post, and a whole bunch of other places as well. They are really shaking up the world with their wisdom. And welcome, both of you on the show. You want to say a quick hi? Hello. Hey, great. All right. So before we go in depth with Marilyn and with Lisa, we are so excited. Let me introduce you to my absolutely amazing colleagues and co-hosts. We are like the the League of Justice here, but I think better. (laughs) Better superpowers. (laughs) Bill Fisher, Pam Bain, and Tamara Green. Say hi, everyone. Give me a woo. Woo-hoo! Woo! Right. <laughs> we start every show with one of us bringing to the table a piece of news or a question related to our specific area of expertise. All four of us kind of have a different uh, area, relationships, business, uh, mindset, and communication. And uh, we relate that to leadership and open up the conversation for a quick round-robin conversation here at the top of the hour. And today, we are leading off with Tamara Green, our resident relationship expert. Tamara, what do you have for us today? Well, thank you, Tina. So I have, uh, you know, I'm a relationship expert, so I'm going to talk about how I believe relationships are sacred, even in our business life, family life, whatever, all relationships that present themselves, even if it's for a nanosecond, actually we can um, find the benefit in them. You know, they're sacred for a reason. And so I just wanted to share a little bit more about that because what we're doing when um, we're in a relationship with somebody, even if it's not quote, going so well, you can really find personal growth or even spiritual growth in that relationship because it's showing you what and where maybe you're operating from. So I wanted to kind of use that as a jumping off point and ask Lisa, what's your take on relationships and are they sacred in our life? Oh, for sure. I think it's important to really understand uh, in relationships, um, especially as you're working in the business world, is I think one of the most sacred part of a relationship is really being your word, and that really is the 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 main um, uh, main critical piece in relationships is doing what you say you're going to do. Um, as a leader, as a business person, as just uh, even in your own families and personally, I think that's probably one of the most critical parts of any relationship. 
Yeah, being your word. That's that's great wisdom. Marilyn, how about you? I think the most important relationship, the most sacred relationship, is the one you have with yourself. And that almost sounds trite, but the truth of the matter is the more authentic you are on the inside, how you are on the inside will eventually show up on the outside, whether you're self-critical to the point where you're going to burn out or be unconfident when you're about to land that big contract. Uh, Really getting in alignment so who you are to yourself is who you are to other people. Mm, So true. I love that, Marilyn. Thank you. Tina, what are what are your thoughts on relationships and whether they're sacred or not? Of relationship, all all business is about relationships. And being kind of the resident business expert here, um, relating this back to business, one of the things I see a lot with the with the entrepreneurs, business owners I work with, is that they don't expect is that when they are looking to expand and up level their business, many times what comes up in the wake of that is relationship issues from far in the past, especially with family of origin issues. And uh, because I'm both an entrepreneur and a therapist, we're able to, you know, work through that. I often tell people, you know, you might start out, and this can happen with any coach or training, you might start out working on a marketing issue, but by the end of the conversation, you may be having a breakthrough about your mom. So (laughs) you never know, you know, business is transformational in all aspects of your life and underpinning all of that is relationships so we're constantly need to be working on that ah that's that's fantastic love that thanks tina pam how about you what's your thoughts on this um yes and and again from a business sense um if there's a delicacy and and um around business relationships of respect like you need to be authentic to yourself, but you also should come from a, in my world, a place of respect of listening to the other person in the relationship, and you don't have to agree with them, but do at least hear them out, and yeah, it's 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 a co-creative really is what I'm, I'm aiming for here, is is. Uh, and I'm the communication person, and I apparently can't get a sentence out, so I'll try that again. <laughs> I think we're catching your drift, though. Be respectful, yeah. listening to one another, hearing listening. each other out. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah. and you don't have to actually agree with the other person. You don't have to tell them, I don't right. agree with you. Uh, respect is about they have their opinion, you have yours. Mm-hmm. In a business setting and, and, you know, as a leader in business, it's a little different in that, you know, you're passionate about what you do and you are changing the world or changing your corporation or business. Uh, So you need to be very authentic and clear about what you want to say. But, uh, and and you can, you know, it's good to get feedback sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I guess it all comes down to respect for me. Yeah, you know, I, I tell my uh, couples that I work with in uh, in my practice, you know, you, there's two people in here, so you are going to have two different points of view. <laughs> so get over yourself. Yeah. Okay, Jill, thanks, <laughs> Pam. Jill, how about you? You know, it's, it's um, this is perfect because no matter who we are in the world, what we're doing, we all have relationships. And um, I love Teresa de Groba. Uh, the founder of the Evolutionary Business Council. I love what she says about authenticity and um, the authenticity where she defines it as your internal voice matches your external voice. 
And when you look at uh, whether it's business, communication, relationships, mindset, when you look at your life and when you're, when you're creating loving, nurturing, supportive, juicy relationships, it really affects all areas of, of your life. I, have a, I work as a hypnotherapist, and I have a, a client who recently shared with me. I just want to show you this quick little tidbit um, where relationships were underneath how she was showing up at work. And she was overcommitting, she was overworking, she was burning out. Um, she was doing an exceptional job at work, but she was suffering. She was co- completely depleted and experiencing burnout. And when we, we worked through this, what it was sourced from was an early childhood memory of her sister and how her sister related to her. So she had a, a sister just a year older and... Um, who was mean and cruel um, from this client's perspective her whole life. And so she always felt like she was trying to please and make everything okay to, to keep the waters calm in her home and so that her sister would like her. And the healing part inside of this was, you know, that her sister, what her sister was dealing with was her sister was actually born with a, a twin, a, still, a stillbirth. And her sister likely was carrying a lot of guilt or trauma from that. And it was, it was coming out to her younger sister, the client. And so healing that, you know, her sister's behavior had nothing to do with her. It was actually, you know, not personal to the client. And then the client could forgive her sister. And then at work, it was showing up as being able to say no to things and being able to put boundaries on areas of her work, being able to delegate, because she wasn't so driven with this insatiable appetite to please everyone. Wow, what a powerful story that is, and it, and it really is a, a testament to how relationships, even though they surprise you, like it can be from a client or, or whatever, they really are um, sacred. In every way. They're the underpinnings of everything, really. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Aren't they, though? Yeah. Well, unless you live on a mountaintop on your own. Exactly. Well, and then you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not meant to go by ourselves. <laughs> Going cray-cray. Oh, my God. Um, so uh, <laughs> and I want to jump off in terms of what Marilyn said um, the, you know, loving yourself, I mean, that is, or having the relationship with yourself, it's the most important. And um, how, this is, I'll start with you, Marilyn, then I'll go to Lisa. How are you a contribution to yourself? How do you foster a good relationship with you? You have to clean it up, clean up the past, make peace with the past. And that sounds, again, it kind of sounds trite and like, yeah, right, I that's, uh, lip service, but it's it is deep work. Is can you look at yourself in the mirror, make eye contact, and say, "I love you, I forgive you." Whatever happened was in the highest good. It was the plan. All of those things that sound like, "Oh gosh," but to really be there means really facing, looking at the things that have limited you, looking at the like you were talking about, you know, your childhood, and you think, "Why childhood? I'm talking business here. What are you wasting my time with childhood for?" <laughs> if you are still carrying that, if you're still being hyper competitive because you know dad was liked your brother better, um, it's affecting you in business. So coming to that place of acceptance and doing that work, it means 
you know, doing whatever it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Cleaning up your past, folks, absolutely. Lisa, how about you? Well, I've often said that you must first serve yourself to sustainably serve others. And the key part, you know, with a lot of business owners, they're running their business, they're doing things for other people, and they're giving, 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 giving. And it's really important to make sure that you take time out your of your own schedule so they'll put off um, exercising. That's one of the most critical things for any person to do, whether or not you own a business, but any person to do is making sure that you are fit uh, of some mind, body, and spirit. And to take that that sacred time, we were talking about sacred relationships, well, the sacred time for yourself and rejuvenate each and every day. So you should have a, um, a special time on your calendar for yourself uh, that you take out each and every single day. That is great advice. Great. I think we have time for uh, another minute. So, Pam, how about you? Uh, what was the question again? Sorry. Um, how, uh, oh boy, I, I lost the question. Let's see. <laughs> it your, most, your most important relationship is you, and how do you mm. foster your um, relationship with you? Okay. Um, learning to trust my instincts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that was that. You know, as a younger person, that was something easily swayed because it would be like, well, perhaps I don't know what I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> which got me into a bit of trouble at the time. Uh, but it's it's learning to trust the instinct that when you know, the gut says no, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have respect for, for that you have an inner knowing for that, and that. Um, yeah, life experience that you've had has meaning, like in the sense of if it feels bad, don't do it. Very good. But there's a fine line between that and stopping yourself moving forward and taking on challenges. Right. right. There's, there's a difference between feeling bad and being uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for those great answers. And, Tina, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce our wonderful guest, even even more, more of an introduction. Oh, I think uh, Jill was going to handle that one, but I'd be more than happy to. Okay. Um, okay. Well, at this point, let's, let's go ahead and uh, Lisa and Marilyn. Now, um, both of you are, are coming to us from the – Let's see, the Detroit area, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, very cool. And uh, Lisa, you are the founder of, let's give the, the name of your business and your website, and let's go to commercial on that positive note. Okay, great. Accelerate Associates, uh, which is acceleratedassociates.com, and the Accelerate Success Institute for Entrepreneurial Leadership Development. Gorgeous. And Marilyn, you're also in the, the same area. I know you and Lisa actually know each other uh, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So tell me more about where people can reach you. You can find me at, at MarilynSubtle.com or Who'sYourGladys.com, which is the name of my best-selling book, but it's also the name of a, my site where I do customer experience work. Awesome, awesome. All right, and uh, we're going to be talking with both of you after the break. And uh, now just a a little bit of break here. I want to share with you another resource that you might want to take a look into, and it's also a shameless plug at the same time. So I have another show that you might be interested in called The Start Something Show that I host 
through the startsomethingshow.com. And it's another fabulous resource if you are a leader, if you're looking to step into your leadership, and you are either a small business owner, self-employed, or a practitioner or a freelancer, and you're looking for a home, you need a community hub of like-minded people to come and hang out with to get great resources, to get great tools, and to get the motivation that you need to continue on every single day as you're looking to take your great ideas and bring them into reality. I invite you to come on over, check out an episode of the show. We have people from all over the world who have generated amazing things in their lives and they get really real and really raw about their journey and what they've had to overcome so that you can see yourself as a leader and as a success as well. So join me over at the startsomethingshow.com. Thanks, Tina. And I'm, this is Tamara again. I'm a testament to your show. It was great to be on a guest on your show and uh, I highly recommend people jump over and listen. It's great. Thank you so much, dear. Okay, so now we're going to introduce our first guest, Lisa Menini, known in over 11 countries. Lisa is the president, as she said before, of AccelerateAssociates.com. Lisa is sought out as a strategic systems and hard wiring expert, awarded the prestigious High Berkowitz Award for Professional Excellence by Davenport University, and the Moore Award by the Evolutionary Business Council, her expertise is sought out and featured on radio stations across the U.S. and Canada. Her articles on lead generation are published on notable and respected sites such as the the Huffington Post, Career Builder, and leading sales and marketing sites like RainToday.com, achieving the Reader's Choice Award. Now, she's the best-selling author of Me, Myself, and Why, The Secrets to Navigating Change, and the host of Navigating Change radio show with tens of thousands of regular small business listeners around the globe. And Lisa, I am so excited that I get to be the one that interviews (laughs) you because you are my business coach. Yay! Yay! Yay, I'm so lucky to be um, the the very um, honored one to interview you. So, before, Well, the feeling is mutual, by uh, the way. Yay, thank you so much. So before I launch, launch into questions about stepping into leadership, can you share a bit about your journey and what brought you to the success that you are today, your own personal journey, and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. Um, Well, I enjoyed a very successful career in the corporate field, in the corporate world, rather, in um, navigating a lot of organizational change, whether it was mergers, acquisitions, divestitures. And I remember a very fateful day as I was driving down the freeway, heading to a networking appointment, and and I thought, you know, is starting a business because they were – dismantling the division that I was working in and is starting a business and writing a book the right decision. And something popped up from the freeway as I asked that question, and um, I heard this big whooshing sound and dinging going around in my front seat. 
And I opened my eyes to find a shattered windshield, a softball-sized hole in the windshield, and a four-foot, five-pound semi-truck's tire iron in the front seat of my car. <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> Was uh, that a sign or what? <laughs> I know. Uh, got off to the side of the road, landed in a parking lot, called the police, and um, got out to expect, uh, inspect the damage. And it was then that I realized just how lucky I was. Um, there was a six-inch gash in the steel hood of the car. The tire iron peeled open and actually missed me by four inches. And each police officer did come on scene that day. They looked at me. They looked at the original trajectory of that tire iron. And they said, you know, lady, you're on this earth for a reason. <laughs> so, you know, moments earlier I had been asking, is starting a business and writing a book the right decision? And I think I got my answer three different times from the police officers who came on scene. So for me, it was about, um, you know, really there was a direction that I was going into, but I was resisting it. And how many times that we're going in or experiencing a change, we don't want to because we often can't see what's on the other side of that, and we resist it. And so this was really, I think, my message to say, look, I've been trying to get your attention. <laughs> Would you go already? <laughs> so for me, that was my journey and what I needed to learn. Wow. So the universe gave you a big, fat message right there. And <laughs> and how long did it take for you to go from, you know, the point of the tire iron going through your windshield to actually taking action in your in your life, in your business life? Yeah, so I was really doing what a lot of business owners uh, do. And, of course, this was over, what, 15 years ago that I've had my business. But I was um, I was sitting on the fence. And what that looks like is I was looking for a job and, you know, put a shingle out for my own business. And it wasn't until, I want to say, a good 18 months that I actually finally made the decision and said, I am going full force with this business. I'm not looking for a, you know, a net uh, by you know, doing two different things, but I really made a commitment. And once I made the commitment, that's when the momentum began. And this whole, like, this gate opened for me. And so from then on, it was... Um, it's been quite a journey, but it, it was like this big whooshing sound, if you will, of, okay, you made the decision, fine, go with it. And I think for a lot of people that are sitting on the fence, understand that's a painful place to be. Make a decision and go with it. So sometimes, and I'm not talking about myself, <laughs> <laughs> You make a huge (laughs) commitment to your business coach, and you say, I'm totally committed, I'm in. And then whammo, you get hit by such a powerful resistance. So I'm going to get my own coaching out of this. What do you recommend when you hit that wall? Oh, when you hit the wall. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because there's always going to be ups and downs. I believe that when we hit a wall, it's – there's a couple of things, but mainly you want to look at uh, when you're looking at that wall is a, kind of a wake-up call. Mm. And sometimes you experience all I know, for me it, it has, when I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this, and 
I am, you know, going to take it to the next level. Like all these breakdowns happen all at once, you know? <laughs> and you know, this goes wrong and that goes wrong, and this, mm-hmm. and it's really, I think, how badly do you want it? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, not taking your eye off the big contribution that you're making. And I think this is important for any business owner to understand, is that we all have a bit, we all have a contribution we're making to this world. And when you you really know it, you feel it in your gut that that's what you that's the contribution you're making in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter what circumstances come your way, you're going to get through it because your eye is on the bigger picture. Exactly. I know you've certainly asked me. Um, in fact, it was only a couple of weeks ago. But you know, Tamara, what's your what's your you know what excites you? What's your mission? And it's you know, I want to be. I want to be experienced like being the leader of a love fest for this whole world. You know, I mm-hmm. want everyone to just fall in love with themselves and each other. And you really, so I think this is what you're talking about now, just kind of getting back to that thing that just you're so passionate about and excited about, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I know uh, one of my um, clients, is a, uh, she has a health and wellness practice, and uh, she's, calls herself a health and wellness coach, and I said, yeah, but what's your big contribution with this? Because everybody knows a health and wellness coach, but what's your big contribution in the world? And she says, I want to eliminate diabetes in the African-American community. She was able to do that for herself. And I'm like, that is your big contribution. You want to eliminate diabetes in the African-American communities. Like, that is a big contribution. And I said, what's going to be the result of that contribution? She said, that generations will know their grandparents that they don't currently get to know now because they die prematurely. Mm, Like, wow. So nothing can stop her when you're really in touch with your contribution. Nothing will stop you. You will be unstoppable. So do you have a personal experience besides the, um, you know, the, the tire iron ending up in your front seat? Do you have a, another personal experience where you stepped into your leadership like you were just saying your client stepped into hers? Yeah, when I was, um, yeah, the tire iron was kind of my second major um, thing in my life. But the first one really happened when I was in my late 20s, and um, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And at that point in my life, it was, you know, at 20, what, 7 or something, I, you don't think you're going to get cancer at 27. (laughs) Um, You know, you have your whole life ahead of you. And so that was really, I think, a a big sort of, whoa, for me um, in my life and really created this whole lifetime of learning for me that, whoa, what am I on this earth for? What is my big contribution? And Because I survived it, and um, I conquered it, I like to say. And so uh, it was just one circumstance, one thing that happened, but it was a big thing that really had me reflect on what was most important in the world and to me personally. Which was? Well, I think that... um, for me personally, I was really on the fast track, and I had, I think, my first director position at 26, 20, or it was close to 27, too, happening about the same time. And for me, it was, there was more to life than work, and it was meant to be enjoyed, and, um, and for me, that was really important to get in touch with that. Uh, I was kind of really driven 
and I realized that there were other important things in life. Nothing like cancer to just get your priorities in order, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I just want to put it out there that um, not not only, Lisa, did you uh, have you helped me in so many ways with my business, but you were so there for me when my uh, husband, you know, had stage four cancer. You were just checking in and always uh, asking. Actually, I think everyone on this call was amazing uh, because we're all in the uh, EBC together, but um, it's, there's something about cancer that really does stop you in your tracks and say, wait a minute, what's really important here? Mm-hmm. And uh, it certainly uh, was true for you as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. we have, let's see, about one minute left. And so what can you throw in there about your wonderful um, hard wiring? Uh, you know, you, ha- you have a great... Um, you know, talk, I've seen your talk several times about hardwiring. And how do you use that to help step into leadership? Well, I believe we're all hardwired a certain way. We're born with it. It emerges about two and a half years old and stays with you your entire lifetime. It's part of your biology. But I believe that the reason why people, why you're wired the way you are wired is because you will deliver your contribution in your unique way. And when you get in touch with that natural hardwiring and you work in alignment with who you are, you will discover it's not work. And that's, I think, where people can get some complete, total peace and ease and self-acceptance when they understand how they are naturally hardwired and how it makes you who you are and your uniqueness in delivering your contribution in the world. Fantastic. So give us a, a, we still have another minute left, so give us an example of what you mean by hardwiring, like maybe what's what one sure. kind of hardwiring. Yeah, a really great example of that is um, how we communicate, and it really is about how we process thought. And there's the internal thinkers who will process thought on the inside, and the external thinkers who process their thought on the outside. So they're live streaming, they're talking aloud. That's me. That's you. (laughs) And the interesting thing is when you encounter an internal thinker, they give you what's called the blank processing stare. They just kind of stare at you as you're talking. So you want to repeat yourself or talk louder because you don't think that they get you. That's my husband. Yeah, but they're getting you. They're just not giving you what you innately need, and that is a verbal affirmation like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, I get you. Um, And so you repeat yourself. But that's one example of how understanding uh, your communication, the way you process thought, can really set you free. Because, you know, the work that I do with teams, it's really interesting how people perceive that, and it's a complete opposite. All it simply means is, uh, is that how people are processing thought. But people make it mean something that it doesn't really mean, like, oh, they don't like me or you know, they don't trust me, that's not the case at all. It's just people are processing their thoughts differently. I see. Wow. And I highly recommend everybody to read up on her hardwiring. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Well, we're out of uh, time for this interview, and I could talk to you forever, but I do need to – thank you, Lisa. I need to pass it over to Pam. Pam, share with us a commercial. (laughs) 
Well, actually, it's it's um, sharing an opportunity with you guys and and the listeners. Uh, WildfireAcademy.com. There is a wonderful four-week program that you can get involved with. It's called Going Flame to Fame, and you sign up for it, and it moves you. Uh, you know, you want to get some energy around your business or a project that you're working on. So you can leverage social media. It shows you how to do that. And one of the key things in it, though, it really helps develop the routine habits that create fame. Uh, so, again, that was wildfireacademy.com. So now I'm excited now because now I get to introduce our next guest, which is Marilyn Suffolk. Marilyn, and I've also been fortunate because I know Marilyn and I've heard her speak on several occasions. So if you ever get an opportunity and you see that you can go and listen to Marilyn Subtle Life, please do that. She is a treasure. Now a little bit about Marilyn. Her company is Subtle Shifts and she specializes in creating, literally, subtle shifts in the way people think and act so they can produce massive results. She's a leading authority in service, excellence, business and personal relationships and as well as content marketing for women-focused online communities. She's been sourced as an expert by Ladies Home Journal, Corp Magazine, Inc. Magazine, LA Times, and the Chicago Tribune, as well as she does uh, networking and uh, news programs. So, Marilyn, you are fabulous. I just have to say that again. Oh, She's thank also... you. And Pam, I love your voice. It's just so elegant. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Um, you're, you're also an author, international speaker, and um, let's carry on. We yeah, have, good. yes, we're, we're. I'm going to ask you a few questions here as soon as I can find them. Here we go. You know, technology can be our friend sometimes, but other times it just gets in the way. Anyway, <laughs> uh, today we're talking about steeping, 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 stepping into leadership and why. So, uh, looking at that, you know. In your personal career, uh, did you find your, you know, your personal road to leadership was this something that attracted you to leadership, or something that naturally it naturally developed over time? Well, I was born to a family, a fourth child, twenty years after my first, the firstborn was born. So I was like a whole two decades later, my poor mother. And so I got to watch. I was not the leader as a child because everybody I had three siblings that were teenagers and grown, grown up, and um, I watched my family uh, as an observer in a lot of ways. It's almost like being a, an only child when you're that much younger. My father owned his own small business. He owned a bar down the corner from where we lived, and I watched him be an entrepreneur, being a leader, and I watched him through challenges like when you have to bar somebody or somebody you know comes to the house because they're mad because they cannot you know they've been banned from the bar because they've misbehaved or whatever and i saw him during the day wash the floors till they shined and glistened and my mother was also an entrepreneur she had a um, text business that she kept till she was 90 years old at 90 she finally retired because she um she felt you know she was getting to that point, but her clients were so upset to lose her. Even at 90, they wanted her to keep working because they had come to the relationships she built with them were so strong. So I had two parents, both entrepreneurs, and I think it became my blueprint. This is what it looks like to be a leader. Wow. 
you you we're literally trained from from a young age to take on leadership. That's very cool. Um, right. So what are give me three key elements for leadership on how you know how to develop their teams in communicating. You know that's a, a great question because as a leader you've got people following you and whether that's employees whether that's a a, a group of clients uh, what's really important to keep them engaged and with you as a leader is for them to get value out of the relationship and what you know I love going to science because you know when you really stat it out and look at what what really happens is it boils down to 75% of successful people in business have three things in common they have meaning in their work so that means as a leader are you helping your people find meaning in their work with you um and are they seeing this as more than just something to do sort of what lisa was talking about what's the bigger contribution um, and it's different for different people. Sometimes, some people that work is their life calling, and for some people that work funds their life calling. And both are completely valid. But creating and honoring that meaning is the, number one. Number two is you need social support. You need a tribe, whether it's people inside the company that are getting along and you're creating relationships with, or whether it's people outside that you can vent to and and um, share successes with. Um, and the third being optimism. Have, and I don't mean pie-in-the-sky uh, optimism. I mean a realistic optimism where your way of viewing challenges are that. It's not a problem. It's a challenge. It's not horrible. It's something to handle. I love the phrase, oh, it's a blip in the radar. But as a leader, if you can embody those things and then provide an environment where your clients and your employees can really have access to that, you're going to have a really strong company. Cool. Um, now, we, we know you're a customer service expert. I want to specifically look at the larger corporations where they have internal customer service, like you have different departments who take care of different elements. Um, when when you know leaders are looking at the communication in their company, are there any key features that they should consider? Um, communicating between departments? Well, yes, because sometimes you have IT, and in a sense, everyone is a customer to the IT department, but they don't always consider them customers. Right, right. And, and then what ends up happening, the bigger the company, the more there's silos, and it's like us mm -hmm. against them, and they don't want to share that information because there's always a fear if I let them know, then I'll be, I'll be um, worked out of a job or something like that. And, and so this is where communication is critical and being and you know they have that saying that the uh fish stinks from the head <laughs> it really is the head the leader needs to hold himself or herself accountable to creating com um, uh, an environment where communication takes place uh, a really great example was with Ford Motor Company when Alan Mulally took over um, what he'd find is the, the big leaders would come into a meeting and say, everything's fine, everything's fine. They didn't want to look weak in front of each other. They didn't want to share their problems with each other. And what Alan said is, uh, no, guys, it's not going to work this way. Bring your problems here. Together we'll solve them. And I found this when I, I spent a year and a half interviewing the best of the best companies, the ones that survive even the worst economies and stay strong. 
And they, the leaders have a certain way of looking at mistakes. Uh, they see mistakes as tuition towards your education. They see mistakes as accelerated learning. And when you at the top can create that safety for your people to bring their problems to each other, to you know not lose face by it, but actually say, oh, I'm so glad you shared that with me. Now I, I won't make the same mistake because you shared that with me. It's a different environment. It's, it's sort of just like, you know how you have a, a body environment, and if you're stressed, your environment is acidic. Your environment inside your body is full of stress hormones. But when you take deep breaths, and, you know, that saying, don't slow down, calm down, is really key because sometimes you just can't slow down and take a nap. But if you can calm yourself down and breathe, then you literally change the biochemistry in your body. You release endorphins, and your body becomes alkaline. And you could do it with three slow, deep breaths. You could just start that whole process. Well, the same is true in your work environment. Are you creating, as a leader, a stress puppy environment, or are you creating a place where it's workable, where people can bring their issues, where it's real, Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we still have a few minutes left here. Um, what would, do you recommend for leavers, leavers? for leaders to evolve their training, like around communication, around customer service? Well, that, that's a great question because I work in a lot of major corporations, and we this whole concept of continuous learning is so critical because what happens is, you know, a lot of companies, they – came into being back when, you know, things were different. We didn't have the Internet telling, you know, where customers had so much power. And maybe they could ignore, you know, or or even criticize a, a client rather than try to understand them. Or, or they could easily fire them because there will always be another one coming around. It's not that kind of environment anymore. So not only do you have to be a learner of the technology of your field, um, of your, you know, whatever you do that actually makes the money for your company, what that is. You aren't that. If you're a moving company, you aren't a moving company. You're a customer service company that happens to move. If you're a hypnotherapist, you're a customer service provider who happens to do hypnotherapy. It really comes down to are you serving? And to do that well... What worked 20 years ago doesn't necessarily work today. Even five years ago doesn't necessarily work today. You know, you could have gotten Twitter power, what, is it 2.0 just came out or is it 3.0? I don't know. It's a book by Joel Kahn. Oh, it's 3.0 just came out. 3.0. Now, if you were still reading Twitter power 1.0 and working from that, well, that worked great when it came out, but times have changed that fast. I think, what is it, two, three, four years at tops? and the whole climate of social media has changed again. So to be effective as a leader, you have to be committed to continuous learning. Okay. And uh, for yourself, do you actually have a coach? Because you coach others and, you know, get businesses and, and the customer service. Do you yourself take on coaching? You know, if you don't get coaching and you're a coach, I worry about that. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so I have had a multitude of coaches on different topics at different times. And I've had business coaches. I've worked with um, coaches to help me with my, you know, that breaking through the next barrier type thing. I help a lot of 
people with that breaking through the next barrier. So I better be working on that for myself as well. So absolutely. And is there one particular jam you can share where coaching really affected change in a in a fundamental way in your business? Um, oh, gosh, yeah. And the way I'd like to put it is this. You know, if you want to play tennis, you get a tennis racket. If you want to um, teach tennis, you get lessons so that you can teach it to other people. But if you want to be a tennis, you know, if you want to compete, you need a coach. Just like Tiger Woods had three coaches, was it? He always had a coach, and that's what got him where he was. And so for me, you know, I have a big, strong strength in relationship stuff, but not necessarily in the coning end. It's like, oh, don't make me do that. But I need to understand it. So I did get a business coach to help me get my foundation in place. And that's been a real strength because before that, I had a shoebox full of junk that I was tracking, and every quarter or six months I might sort through it and get that handled. And now I have a system in place. Um, I needed some coach to come in and show me how to foundationally make it strong so that everything I grow on top of it would be sound. So that, I think, for me was the most important and the one I avoided the longest but made the biggest impact. Oh, very awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you can find out more about Marilyn at MarilynSuttle.com. And, of course, we had Lisa Menini uh, join us a little earlier, and she you can find information on her at AccelerateAssociates.com. And, of course, at the end, we'll share a page where you can find out all this information. Um, right now, we're going to hear from Tamara. Thank you, Pam. That was so great hearing uh, Marilyn's point of view on, um, you know, value, meaning, and um, optimism with a challenge. I, I really enjoyed hearing that. So uh, David Dashinger Music helps you to inspire, motivate, and connect with your target market. So elevate your media to the next level with music that's aligned to your message, whether it's video or um, an audio. So just go to ddmusic.com. He certainly is uh, an amazing composer and has composed beautiful music to the meditations that we've created together. David Dashinger happens to be my husband. And uh, it's Miracle Monday meditation audios that come out every week. So make sure you go if you need some music to really up, to elevate your uh, message, go to ddmusic.com. Thank you, and I'm going to take it over now to Jill. Thank you, Tamara. And I absolutely am going to check out David's site. He's done a wonderful job in creating music for this show, in fact. Mm -hmm. I just love hearing it. So thank you, David. (laughs) Now, I I am just introducing a wonderful segment that we have at the end of every show called Leadership Couch. So this is a a part of the show where if you imagine we're all sitting on a couch together, maybe at a coffee shop, and really sharing, you know, almost like sharing the dirt, like sharing the nuts and bolts of, of maybe behind the scenes, the secrets of what's created us as leaders now. And I wanted to um, really jump off of 
um, a little bit about what Lisa was sharing about that tire iron that flew at her, almost like shock treatment. <laughs> and and uh, if we can kind of go round table and share about, you know, a moment in your life where you've had uh, a tire iron flying at, maybe flying at you um, in a in a shocking way where it's, it's impacting, um, you know, maybe resistance that you have to your hard wiring that Lisa was also mentioning that, you know, we likely get around the year two, two and a half in our childhood. And I think we've all gone through a time or two or three or four um, <laughs> in our lives where, you know, it's almost like resistance is futile, like just give it up and embrace your wiring. And um, for me, I'll just start off by sharing a little bit of some of my tire iron moments. I, um, I've had multiple near-death experiences, um, from flying off a motorcycle to oncoming traffic, uh, losing everything in, in uh, teaching in Japan. Um, I almost cut my head off going through a barbed wire fence. Um, I, uh, I survived, I, uh, similar to Lisa, about she shared about her cancer having non-Hodgkin's at 27. Um, I had Hodgkin's at 24. And uh, so I can identify with that whole um, process of reprioritizing going through cancer. Um, also, the one that really hit home, it seemed to ha- I seem to have to have a, a number of tire irons <laughs> hit me, but um, the one that, that really shifted was um, the end of my marriage. Um, so I was in a, a marriage riddled with addictions and abuse, and, um, you know, to the point where I'd be standing between my husband and his drug dealer and there's knives and, like, just crazy stuff. And um, at the end of the, the marriage, um, he went to a drug rehab center, and I went as the um, loved one of the addict. And uh, this was a real turning point for me in, in taking responsibility for how my life is. And um, And I can remember being, it's a program called Insight, and it's like, it's like 10 years of Al-Anon in a week. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and my mom's there with me. She, she's supporting me in this, in this therapy, and uh, we're in a group session. And somebody was there, and they were saying, you know, there's nothing I can do, and I feel so helpless. And, and I, I perked up, and I commented. I said, well, you're doing it. You know, you're, you're here. You're looking at this. Like, you are making steps forward. And my mom remarked afterwards to me, she said, Jill, you know, when you speak, people stop and they really listen to you. And that's all I said, right? Like I just commented, look, you are making success. You're here. That's all I said. And probably because it was my mom's comment, it it went very deep. (laughs) And I started to look at myself and who I am for the world, and in my process, you know, this, this tire iron of the demise of my, my marriage um, had me go through different trainings in my own healing and really steered me in a direction of creating a whole career around making a difference for other people. And, and now, you know, I giggle at, you know, that blurred line of work and play because my work is all about making a difference for other people. So I would like to, um, maybe Marilyn, would you start off and share a moment in your life where you felt like a tire, a tire iron's been thrown at you 
and it's it's busted apart any resistance you've had inside of leadership. I have a great one to share, and it was a pretty traumatic at the time. Um, I had two sisters, and like I had said, they were older than me uh, by 13 and 16 years. But when I was a young mom, I think my, my second born was just a baby, um, within six weeks of each other, both of my sisters had cancer. One had mm-hmm. a terminal brain tumor, and mm-hmm. the other had um, a lymphoma of the leg, and uh, it was a very rare childhood type thing that somehow she had had a 2% chance of survival. So I was very close to them, and their children were closer, same age difference to the, you know, I was very close to them, deeply impacted by them. And the time that was supposed to be one of the happiest times when you have your little babies, I had a toddler and a baby, I was dealing with the potential loss of both of my sisters. And to me, it felt like this is insane. This isn't supposed to happen. You know, these things we Mm -hmm. say to ourselves. And we went through the process. I did lose my one sister. Um, Mm -hmm. It it happened, though, in a very honoring way, and I was with her when she died. The other sister um, survived, and this is 19 years later or so, no more than that. She has... She wanted to live to see her grandchildren. And so as, you know, she did everything she could, she survived and now has two sets of twin grandchildren. So um, she's okay, she's fine. But for me what it did was it had me reevaluate my life. At that time I had been doing a lot of work with IT, with engineer types, with, you know, I was alone uh, in a room doing, you know, I would create project management type things, but it was not, I was good at it, I was competent at it, but it wasn't what I loved. What I loved was Mm -hmm. the training part, which I only could do occasionally. And at that point I thought, you know, if if life can change this dramatically and I'm still here, I'm going to make the most of this time. I'm going to do what I want to be doing while I'm here. So I completely trashed the other career, and I, you know, my husband was very supportive, freaked out, but supportive, and I started, tra- you know, getting training in, you know, speaking and all of all all of the work to be fantastic on stage, to process people, to be able to coach, to be able to take what I knew from the technical arena and transfer it. I even took, um, I mean, I took every parenting class. In, imaginable, which has really helped me. You know, I ended up making six figures teaching parenting um, at major corporations for a while there as I was doing <laughs> transitioning um, because I had the business mind. But then I was just applying the business mind to my passion, and everything shifted. And then tantruming customers and tantruming children have a lot in common. So I was able to <laughs> translate that stuff really well. <laughs> And, you know, you you talk about those pivotal moments. And for me, when you look back to when you were a child, how did you play that really, really lit you up? My funnest play was I would put all my Barbie dolls in a line, and I would have my chalkboard, and I'd be teaching them things. So what do I do today? I line up everybody in a room, and I present things to help them connect. But it's all relationship-based. That's wonderful. I can see little Marilyn there with her chalkboard (laughs) saying, here, this is how you do it. (laughs) Exactly. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
And Lisa, I know we've talked, and I know Pam really del or uh, sorry, Tamara really delved deeply into this conversation already with you. But just um, you know, kind of bouncing off of what Marilyn just shared, um, how were you uh, hardwired when you were a little girl that you can see that's showing up now? So um, I was naturally hardwired to. I am naturally hardwired to think externally. Um, so I am able to communicate my thoughts in that way. Of course, that really helps when you're speaking to a group of people. <laughs> um, but ever since I was little, as I looked back on it, because uh, I think it was, it was really important when I was going through my own transition of going from an employee, uh, you know, an executive in corporate world to owning my own business, that's quite a, a big mindset shift. And one of the mm. things that I did was really look at, at my whole lifeline. And it's one of the exercises I show in my book, Me, Myself, and Why. And the, the, the reason that was important is because I looked at how I approached all of those different jobs that I had throughout my career up until that point. And what I realized is there was a natural talent in that to be able to see really disparate ideas and put them together. So I really had a systems mind that I didn't realize that I had, but that was my own unique approach to how I approach things. And um, and, and I think it's, that's really critical for everyone to do because that is what is going to differentiate yourself in what what it is that you do. And through that whole experience, I was able to really embrace that, that oh, wow, okay, that's what makes me different. And that is mm-hmm. really what a lot of my clients say the reason they work with me now is because um, they, I bring out what their natural talent is or in, in the, even in the teams and then really use their strengths to maximize the whole business environment. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, really – uh, acknowledging where their gifts are so that they can keep expanding that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tina, I'd like to bring you in at this moment, and if you could share your own higher iron experience and what you've created leadership, um, your hard wiring. I know that you were raised in a family of entrepreneurs, and um, it's quite, a, I think, a, a natural wiring for you. And uh, and I'll I'll hand it over to you um, to just carry us through the rest of the show. Oh my goodness gracious! We've only got um, really a moment here left, so I'll just say very quickly that um, uh, one of the ter- big turning points for me when I uh, in terms of being a, a business owner wasn't a near death experience, although unfortunately that has happened. But uh, um, was actually when I was seven years old at a county fair when my parents had a booth there, and I saw the Ginsu knife presentation for the first <laughs> time, and I quite yeah, I, I I pretty much had a religious experience at that point, <laughs> and um, I became kind of a devotee of all of these amazing people who were saying these amazing things and making so many people happy, and it had a lot of impact to me on um, my own purpose about solving problems and being kind of an acolyte of, of the whole solving problem alter, that uh, if you offer a great solution for people, it will make a huge difference to them and make them happy. And that was uh, a big part of 
my uh, decision making and hardwiring as I went through life, although it took me a long time to actually realize that that was some of uh, the powerful decisions that I had made at that young age. And I can still do the Ginsu knife presentation as well, too. So <laughs> we are about to head out to the music here. So I want to go ahead and thank our guests, Marilyn Suttle and Lisa Menini. You can find Lisa Menini at AccelerateAssociates.com. And you can also find uh, Marilyn Suttle at HoosierGladys.com. Join us again next week for fabulous Thanks for leadership. joining us today on Evolving Leaders from EBC Radio. And remember, the adventure has just begun. Get all the resources from today's show at TheEvolvingLeadershow.com and join us again next week where Leaders of Vision inspired you to transform your ideas into reality. 